0: the festival is a reflection of the kind of current status in the world and also like architecture at the moment. So perhaps what festival was in 2004 is very different uh, to what is it today. So I, I would, to your question, I would say, you know, the festival today exists to really kind of open up discussions around architecture, uh, showcase uh, emerging talent and test ideas directly in kind of physical space.
1: Um, Rosa, thank you very much for being with us on this episode. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting um, topics and conversation we're going to cover t- uh, today. Um, and to start, like, if you want to just introduce yourself, just a quick short introduction uh, that will be perfect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for inviting me. Looking forward to our conversation. Uh, for the ones that don't know me and are listening in, my name is Rosa Rogina. I'm an architect currently working as director at the London Festival of Architecture. And in parallel to that, to that I also teach um, at MA course uh, at the University of East London.
1: That's perfect. Um, so in terms of just to start uh, a bit of your background. Um, so where did you study architecture?
0: I have studied architecture um, originally my bachelor degree back home. <laughs> home for me is uh, Croatia. Um and then I came to London uh to uh, finish off my studies after working two years in practice and then yeah continued education at uh the Royal College of Art and later at Goldsmiths University of London as well.
1: Okay. And how was your uh, journey as a student? Uh was it like everything smoothly? Uh was there any up and downs or
0: <laughs> Well, it's an interesting one. I mean, I think I was always very nerdy, so I think I didn't have problems as such, in terms of kind of passing my exams or anything like that, I guess, Uh, where it was really interesting for me was almost like this journey of discovery of who I want to be within the profession. So I think I was lucky and privileged enough, you know, to come from a background where, you know, uh, kind of university education was a must almost, or uh, Mm -hmm. I never thought of any other option. And I think... The, my father being an architect as well, I was always leaning towards more kind of artistic disciplines, and ki- architecture being on in, in the intersection of more kind of scientific or engineering, if you wish, and uh, art was really appealing for me. So that kind of the, the first step came naturally. But then I think throughout studies, I really started to think, you know, is is it only about building buildings, or you know, you can kind of use. Um, tools and knowledge of architecture in, in a kind of much broader uh, field. Uh, and I think the moment where I kind of departed from my bachelor's degree, which was very, maybe more kind of tr- traditional and con- conventional in, in, in a sense of giving you really good basis of, you know, knowing how buildings stand and uh, operate and how, how how you design them. And then kind of spending two years in the Netherlands Uh, working from anything um, from kind of competitions to kind of uh, uh, executing projects, but also to kind of exhibitions, publications and all sorts of other things. I think that was the moment where my eyes became open and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I can do (laughs) much more. Uh, And I think then, yeah, my curiosity just continued um, when I came to...
1: Did everything started from like you as your dad being the architect and incentivate you to become an architect as well, or it was just like your personal choices and uh, um, uh, yeah, like perhaps some sketches that you were doing uh, when you were young, and then, oh perhaps I have some skills in, in drawing. And uh...
0: <laughs> I think it was engineered in my mind, like not intentionally, because I think my parents were the first ones saying, you know, why do you want to study architecture? Because mm-hmm. you know they, they both seen my my father having quite you know. Uh, not difficult time, but, you know, demanding time, uh, both as a student, as a young professional, and, you know, still nowadays, uh, and they they didn't understand, (laughs) you know, why would I do that? But kind of now looking back and, you know, um, going all the way back to maybe, you know, books that I read as a child, or, you know, uh, uh, things that we would do over weekends, you know, it was all, it was all leaning towards uh, kind of arts and culture in some way. And I think, than just, you know, having an architect in your family, then I I don't think I had to think too much of uh, Mm -hmm. where I want to uh, go.
1: Okay. And so I assume you you qualify as an architect in Croatia, correct?
0: Uh, Well, I am not a qualified architect.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) I do have, uh, yeah, I have my part one and uh, part two. I haven't proceeded in doing my part three. I think both educations are slightly different so it's the question of if if i wish to kind of do it one day whether i do it here or back um, mm-hmm. home but i think because of kind of multiple places where i have um, uh, studied architecture and maybe slightly how they sit differently so for example back home in croatia um, it goes under science whereas here in uh, in the uk goes under arts so yeah i would just kind of have to see where i want to uh, proceed with it but i think you know the the amazing thing of our profession is you can do so much um mm-hmm. even without the kind of formal part 3 um uh, qualification and so far i have never felt you know I, I i need it but of course you never know where tomorrow will take me
1: no no exactly and um i mean from your background i see that you work for nvrdv uh, and special Grim show as well um so what made you feel um, like move from Croatia to another country to work or to, to practice architecture?
0: Well, it's funny because like, obviously you ask all of these questions and I'm supposed to come with like, come up with like really, you know, smart <laughs> answers. No, no, you don't the have to. a <laughs> Generation of architects uh, and everybody who's listening in. But I guess lots of things, at least on my career path so far, happened by, by you know, not thinking too much and just following your gut feeling and kind of curiosity uh, where you want to be next. So to kind of contextualize it, um, once I finished my uh, BA studies, there was a requirement to do at least, I think it was three months of kind of practice somewhere. Um, and then with that, you could kind of enroll back uh, in your master studies. And back then I was like, oh, that that sounds fun. Like, why wouldn't I do it somewhere? Else, because obviously I, I studied in my hometown, but have also seen, you know, how people came from all other parts of the country and that kind of environment of living in perhaps your kind of secondary city that that's, that seemed very exciting to me, and I didn't experience it so um, mm-hmm. before. So I said, okay, maybe maybe this is the point to you know go abroad and and test the fields. So I, I first came for a shorter period of time um, to London to work at Fashid Musavi Architecture and then yeah, uh, got an internship at MBRDV and yeah, moved to the Netherlands for, well, almost two years, I think. So uh, these three months very quickly became a much longer period of time. But I think you know, these things are really important because uh, then you come to your master studies with a completely different kind of comprehension of you know, who you are, uh, what mm-hmm. do you want to do and what's next.
1: No absolutely and um um there's there's no right answer to all these questions. It's just like <laughs> especially architecture is less like a broader field that um even like from bachelors, people start to study architecture and they they realize, oh perhaps I, I prefer illustration or perhaps I prefer like cinema and and um, and I think that's what's good in 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 different um personalities in in architects as well, and that's why I ask as well uh, like to to ask the architectures, um, architects what's their background, because every person is different. And I believe a lot of students, they see that on them as well. So there's not a right answer or being smart <laughs> or not. So, <laughs> so no, don't worry. Something.
0: And the other thing which I didn't have a chance to take, but I think it's brilliant in the uh, kind of, uh, UK context of education is that foundation year. Mm-hmm. which is basically a kind of entry year before you depart on BA course to see where you sit maybe within all the creative disciplines. So are you, an, are, are you better off to go for an architecture or I don't know, sculpture or graphic design? And I think that's because some of, sometimes these disciplines can be quite overlapping in uh, some of the interests. So to kind of really polish where, where you see yourselves. Yeah. More no, you Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> some sometimes this could be the lectures as well. Like, um, you, you can see a model on your lecture and depends for the person as well that you are uh, engaging in terms of the, the process itself etc um it can incentivize you or motivate you to pursue architecture or not um but in terms of so you work for these companies and uh, in if I'm wrong this was um uh, 2016 that you started in LFA is that correct so (laughs) (laughs) so before we actually go into LFA what's what's LFA um for for who doesn't know yeah
0: yeah for london festival of architecture yeah it's a month-long event taking place across um, london every june it's been running for a number uh, of years so the the festival started in 2004 and was funded by uh, peter Murray. Uh, back in the days, and I think what is really great uh, about the festival, and I have been thinking about this in preparation for this conversation, is how actually, if you look back, the festival is a reflection of the kind of current status in the world and also like architecture at the moment. So perhaps what festival was in 2004 is very different uh, to what is it today. So I, I would, to your question, I would say, you know, the festival today exists to really kind of open up discussions around architecture, uh, showcase uh, emerging talent and test ideas directly in the kind of physical space because it's temporary, so you
1: can (laughs) do lots of things. So um, before LFA, you were working in architecture practice and what made you to come to LFA? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) That's,
0: That's a really interesting question. I think kind of going back even, um, before um, coming to London, when I was in the Netherlands, I think what was really eye-opening for me from stepping from kind of first part of my education into practice was that idea that you know uh, architecture goes beyond brick and mortar, and you don't necessarily with skills we have uh, have have to build buildings. You can do kind of out of other things. And I, I while in Holland, uh, I, I really enjoyed their approach of really being kind of. Research, curious, um, lots of kind of speculative projects, lots of kind of investigative work, and and you know I I started to kind of pick around, and I was like, can I do? Can I work a bit on this? Can I work a bit on that? And I I I did throughout those um, year and a half really kind of tested all sorts of um, of different fields that the the practice was doing, which I was I'm very grateful for for the team over there to having for having patience with me, and then I think when I came. London especially at the Royal College of Art which kind of understands that you know you, you kind of with your BA you have your kind of let's say foundations of, of, of architecture and then this is really about kind of pushing you know the discipline further and through kind of speculation or kind of hands-on work um, kind of really explored, exploring broader kind of matters of uh, concern and I, I really enjoyed I was I was. Um, taught by uh, public works there. And the the topic was architecture and activism. And we were really looking uh, from day one, you know, how even as a student, you can embed yourselves uh, in a kind of existing live community and really from relatively small scale do a big impact. And kind of combination of that and like all the kind of maybe more investigative um, uh, work I did back um, in my kind of um, work in between... uh, both educations really kind of made me curious for, you know, um, trying something slightly different, which maybe, uh, you, you, you can definitely, you know, have an impact, but, uh, through other kind of means. So, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, I would argue that perhaps to kind of build a tower, it might take, uh, 10 years. Whereas, uh, in some instances, lots of our projects are kind of, um, kind of several months, if not less. It's not to say that, you know, building towers or like housing (laughs) or uh, infrastructure is hugely uh, important and there are so many brilliant um, people and practices that do that uh, very well, but I somehow found myself maybe on the different side of spectrum, at least where my interest lies. No,
1: no, absolutely. And um, I'm not sure if um, you know this question, but um, is LFA or... different name is just in London or there is in other countries as well you know
0: so uh, London is a big focus for us obviously is the first uh, word of our uh, name at the moment we operate fully uh, in London it's a festival by and for all Londoners so we really what we really want to do that it's that it's not just industry speaking to the industry but that it's really kind of engaging everyday spaces, people who use them, um, and kind of wider neighborhoods. Uh, obviously, it's a model uh, that is relatively, well, easy is an uh, underestimation, <laughs> but, you know, it's possible to kind of take it and, you know, uh, create uh, another festival elsewhere, because after all, it's a it's a framework. I think the crucial thing, it, it has to be relevant for its local context. So even if you kind of, uh, take our mechanisms and, you know, way of operating, you, it would be really hard to just drop it somewhere else without kind of meaningfully uh, amending the format. Obviously, we are not the only festival of architecture uh, in mm-hmm. this world. There are uh, all sorts of different festivals uh, happening uh, from, I don't know, Lisbon to Copenhagen, uh, Kampala, et cetera, et cetera. But I think, you know, that, that kind of local relevance is... Is key, and obviously uh, we do our best to kind of uh, demonstrate that in London. But yeah, uh, it has to be uh, the, what I want to say. London has to be focused because otherwise it becomes uh, maybe perhaps a bit too generic and not mm-hmm. so relevant for yeah local people.
1: Okay, and uh, what can we expect from LFA uh, next year, perhaps, or what? Um, yeah, what impact does have LFA for? For, for architects or people um, interested in the architecture industry or even other curiosity people or interest um, to architecture, for example. So what does ILFA does? Um, yeah, their best.
0: <laughs> well, I, I I hope I can answer that question. I mean, I think on one hand, it champions the industry. So I do think, you know, it, it's an organization that uh, uh, obviously has to have a name of kind of promoting and celebrating. Um, mm mm-hmm. Good architecture London produces as one of the kind of capital cities of architecture, if not the capital city of architecture uh, in the world. But I think secondly, and that's where kind of my interest, maybe with my kind of hidden architecture uh, hat on lies, is really kind of um, acknowledging that people... Um, don't, not everybody consumes culture in the same way or even kind of architecture mm-hmm. or understands urban environment. And not everybody, you know, would spend Saturday afternoon going to a museum or a gallery. That might be because they don't feel kind of, uh, it, it's kind of, they're invited or, you know, they don't yeah. means or for whichever reason, they, they cannot do that. And in, in a way, I think what what festival is trying to do is to bring that content outside as well so in a way it operates um, in kind of almost everyday spaces obviously we we do collaborate with museums and galleries and institutions and um, uh, architecture practices but there is also this space in between which is really important uh for us to kind of operate in so anything from kind of train stations gardens streets okay. uh you know uh, you say it, we, we are there and i think the idea of of people almost like encountering the festival on their way to work or on their way to a Saturday market. That, that's where I think um, the relevance um, is. And to answer, to go back to your, uh, your question in terms of what we are trying to achieve. So definitely celebration um, of, um, and promotion of all the good architecture uh, London contains. It's creating that forum where perhaps the industry meets uh, the public, whether it's in formal or informal way. And then thirdly, um, it's really about testing um, new ideas, um, particularly in public rounds. So I think one of the kind of, uh, let's say, a, a festival projects from early days, which I think is a, a great example of you know where we are, heading now, it's, um, if you look back at uh, our work, uh, pre my time, uh, in 2008, uh, the festival was working with Kensington and Chelsea Council in South Kensington. And we closed off exhibition Road for um, a number of days, basically a long weekend. Um, And uh, we tested the idea of, you know, how the street that connects all the big museums um, in in London could look like if it was pedestrianised. And uh, you might not have been in London in 2008. I perhaps was, but as a kind of a tourist rather than um, a resident over here, uh, it was a very congested road, so it was full of buses. Um, you know, kids uh, dropping, being dropped off in a relatively kind of polluted and unsafe uh, environment. Mm-hmm. And 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 the, and the council really wanted to use the festival uh, because it's a festival, it's temporary, as a kind of testing field of um, you know, how the road could be permanently reimagined. And if you go today to the road, you know, uh, even its kind of floor pattern or how it operates, that all originates uh, from those few days when the festival was in action on the road. And I think that's where the real power of a temporary event kicks in. You know, there's no point in building uh, beautiful uh, follies or exhibitions or uh yeah putting all, all the kind of already very very limited resource uh into kind of build form unless it really does have that either longevity or kind of uh mm-hmm. future thinking.
1: No that's very interesting. Uh that reminds me of a place in London. I can't remember the name now. Uh and I'm not sure if they took as inspiration uh to their festival uh on their on their weekend. What they, do, they what they do now as well is on the especially on the weekends, I think it's every weekend. I'm not sure if it's like a temporary, it's just in summers or... But they, they close the roads and the cafes, shops on their street, they can extend the tables and people can sit well on the road. And, and it is really... Um, interesting that the way like the socialize uh gets just close the roads and then like people get more together and then you, you see like people walking dogs uh walking the kids as well it, it's it's fascinating like just closing a, a road uh, the impact can can do uh and that reminds me as well uh the question i was going to uh, ask you next is how do you see architecture in london uh, specifically do you reckon? Um, they're just going to build uh, tall buildings, skyscrapers, uh, residential offices, et cetera, um, and expand uh, around London to their height? Or how do you see um, architecture in London? In, in a couple well, of years? I mean, it, it could be in 20, I don't know, 2030 or something.
0: <laughs> I think we are in the key point of, you know, it can go <laughs> both ways, but I think with kind of living in Kind of times of multiple global emergencies, you know, if we think about, you know, not, 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 not just COVID, but obviously the kind of uh, grim winter uh, that is uh, ahead of us, you know, wars around us, uh, kind of high levels of social inequalities and um, lack of access uh, to housing. I think it is slowly being recognized within the industry that, you know, we are, uh, we should be taking some of that responsibility um and mm-hmm. and kind of shifting the way how we not just build new buildings but also repurpose um uh, old ones so obviously with kind of um thinking about retrofit and um other means and also with uh, fundamentally changing how people use the city we have seen you know uh we haven't returned fully to pre-pandemic times of what how we kind of let's say, a shift in between um, our free time and our uh, work time. So I think, you know, we're all aware of these things and I I think the industry is kind of going in the right direction. Perhaps that pace is still too slow uh, and we really need to kind of decarbonize, uh, you know, um, uh, products of our uh, designs, like, rapidly, because obviously um, with climate emergency it's a really critical point so I think maybe it's hard to project where we will be in 10 years but I think it's it's interesting to kind of look 10 years back maybe and when we think about you know um, uh, who was being kind of platformed as um, you know uh, winners of Pritzker Prize or, um, or other kind of big recognition and yeah 10 years ago there was definitely still that era of you know star architects really kind of uh, Absolutely beautiful uh, buildings, but perhaps not where the focus, you know, mm-hmm. is slowly uh, shifting now. So the awards being given to projects that are maybe social housing or a retrofit. Um, uh, also within the industry, you know, you see lots of kind of collectives, you see uh, kind of that uh, emerging uh, force of younger architecture so- somehow pushing maybe the <laughs> kind of older colleagues in a direction of, yeah, we have to be quick and we have to uh, do it now.
1: Absolutely. And um, um, going back a little bit to LFA, what goals uh, as a director do you visualize to, to LFA? What, what do you think mostly uh, reach in terms of goals or um, make an impact? I think it's a it's a big question. It's a
0: big question, and you know, I spent my whole summer writing a three year plan and strategy, which I won't be able to share now. Um, okay, much much detail. But I think you know, I really think um, it would be really not helpful if I uh, came into this role, which I which I did a year ago, and suddenly want to kind of change absolutely mm-hmm. everything we do. I do think um, things that we do we do well. Uh, we do ne- need to recognize, you know, that we are a small organization and that we cannot just be kind of multiplying uh, uh, work um, a- a- as it comes. But I think it's really kind of uh, two things. One is sharpening the focus. Um, and then it's uh, the second one is almost opposite of that, which is really kind of empowering the network. So big part of um, our work in recent years has been kind of really giving means to other people to organize uh, festival activity. And we work here around, uh, not just with architects, but also with different community groups, uh, individuals, people who might, you know, never otherwise organize um, an architectural event to kind of h- to help them stage one. And I always go back uh, with my story of coming across the festival when I was a student and as part of my final thesis project, our tutors were pushing us to do an event as part of the festival. Back then, I didn't really (laughs) understand what was the point of that. But I think kind of now reflecting, I think that was like a crucial part of my academic work. And I would never be able to do so if the festival didn't have that open access and support, um, you know, to somebody who is student uh, not originally from London to do to, to stage an event um, as part of their kind of annual program so I think you know just continuing in the direction uh, we are going um, obviously uh, quality over quantity uh, so it's not really anymore about kind of you know making mm-hmm. an extraordinarily bigger program but it's making sure it's it's uh, as I said before uh, relevant and on the spot of what we are trying to achieve each year, which is always hopefully reflective of the condition we are in London.
1: Okay. And a bit more, and perhaps it could be more professional um, or personal uh, topic or question. Um, you are director of LFA uh, lecture at UEL. So what's gonna come next? What do you wanna do, uh, I don't know, to fulfill, uh, this this career as an architect or perhaps not as an architect. So, so yeah. So perhaps it could be like, uh, how do you see yourself in 10 years? Or what's your goals that you want to reach um, as a professional, perhaps?
0: You won't be happy with my answer. Uh-huh. No, <laughs> I think, you know, if 10 years ago, what was 10 years ago? It was 2012. Twelve? I was... Yeah, I was in the Netherlands, you know. If you if you asked me back then, I would have never guessed where I am today. I probably wouldn't even guess a city, and not to say, you know, uh my my, my role and where, where where I work. So in a way, but I think planning is really difficult. And I I I, I feel like whatever I plan, it doesn't really <laughs> happen. And like my biggest successes come of something that is fully unplanned and kind of comes uh, as a curve. I think, you know, I didn't like this last 10 years jump from where I was to where I am very randomly. It was now when you like look all the steps in between it kind of totally all makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I think it's almost like it's step by step. And then, you know, the result is um, uh, where it all takes you. I think the other thing is like, we really don't know where the industry will be in 10 years. So I think... I would love that my job, whatever it is, is is relevant to the context uh, we are in 10 years. So, I mean, sorry, this is not fully answering your question. No, no, (laughs) it's okay. I'm quite happy where I am. I think um, some combination of practice as academia is something that really uh, fulfills me. Uh, But where exactly within which organization will I still be here? Will I be somewhere else in the world? I'm afraid,
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. That, it, it's completely understandable. And uh, um, in, in terms of like being an architect, um, a director of uh, LFA and also um lecturer at UEL, like, I don't think it's, it's pretty much a flexible uh, roles that you can like decide, right, tomorrow or next month, I'm going to do uh, whatever. So, um, and in terms of perhaps something a bit more... Um, what you do outside of these organizations, outside of UEL and LFA, what do you still do? Um, Do you you still have free time or not at all? (laughs) Uh,
0: Sometimes. No, no, I I mean, I I try, I try. Obviously, it's, it's impossible, especially I think more passionate about, you are about your work. It's harder to detach yourself uh, from Mm -hmm. them, especially with, uh teaching where you know you have uh other 20 people relying on you it's it, it's super hard to uh detach yourself. What what but I do have some free time of course <laughs> otherwise I would be going completely uh crazy. Uh in my free time I mean I something that I'm doing in the past few years uh quite a lot is running. <laughs> um so I think that really uh fulfills um uh, my time and I guess counterbalances, uh, all the thinking and multitasking and millions of emails is just kind of hour of my time where I just don't think about anything. And people often ask, you know, what do you think when you're on absolutely nothing, you know? And I think that's, uh, that's something I quite like to do. Obviously, you know, exploring, um, not just London, but England, Europe, uh, uh, going to exhibitions uh events you know as as much as I can kind of you know enjoy and uh learn uh as well in my free time um that's brilliant, but obviously yeah, work is taking quite a bit of time in
1: that <laughs> <diary>. <laughs> okay that's fair um so perhaps we'll looking a little bit back in terms of African architecture um any this could be a generic um as a, as a, a global um, view or perhaps it's an England view um, and as well because you do uh, during the journal during the summer these um, events as an LFA uh, inviting different companies, architecture and events and workshops um, and especially now the topic uh, is quite relevant in terms of the climate change. Um, what do you see, perhaps not as a, in, a, in a massive scale of what each what of us should do to, to climate change or to help the climate change, but how, how can we perhaps help, uh, not just recycling, I don't think that uh, will make a big impact uh, or a lot of people will do it, but how, what's your point of view in terms of the climate change at the moment um, together with architecture itself?
0: I think we we need to uh, act on all scales, right? Um, mm-hmm. So as much as you know, yeah, a kind of, uh, uh, you know, with just kind of recycling plastic, you uh, w- w- won't solve the whole problem. But I think lots of little pieces together uh, kind of do start to um, alter the bigger picture. I think... In my view, architecture has always been a backdrop to people's everyday lives. Obviously, we we, we construct buildings, and you know, th- there is much uh, there. We should be thinking about carbon footprint and thinking about you know innovative materials and you know other ways um, that we can uh, kind of uh, p- p- minimize uh, minimize the impact to the natural environment. But also because we we, we design those almost like containers of activity, if you wish, we also inevitably have impact on people's behavior. So it's also thinking about how, um, obviously through through lifespan of those buildings, we can also, um, you know, uh, uh, again, minimize impact, but also perhaps encourage, uh, let's say, uh, better maybe connection with uh, nature and, yeah, yeah. uh, tackling the climate crisis, perhaps not just thinking about yeah the, the, the kind of materiality of what we construct, but also kind of long, longevity and what, what happens uh, within. And I think that goes, you know, that has to be mixed for, for not just architects, uh, but, you know, everybody thinking about, yeah, what can we do professionally, but also being very aware on a more personal level of how, how, how we live uh, because kind of going back to that idea of a network, which I'm thinking quite a lot with my festival hat on, if every mm-hmm. little part did their homework, um, you know, I'm not saying we would be able to uh, resolve it fully because obviously there are so many kind of uh, multinational, you know, companies and industries and uh, other things that uh, perhaps we cannot impact directly, but I think we would be on a better. In a better position than perhaps uh, we are now.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah. Sometimes I wonder, like, uh, 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 well, because as you know, like, our architecture or, or perhaps the construction industry is one of the biggest impacts it has on the climate change, especially like demolition stuff. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. Sometimes I just think uh, if. In, in, in some parts of the time scale of architecture or when we were starting building, uh, if we done something wrong, because for example, it has the uh, the industrialization uh, period, et cetera, and then the glass and steel came out, etc. cetera. Um, and how are we doing, for example, in trying to innovate, but at the same time, correct the mistakes that we've done previously or It's just a weird way to to think, like... uh, Because sometimes I do think uh, a lot of companies, um, architecture, it could be smaller or big companies, uh, their focus are more into the aesthetic building than the proper use of the building. Sometimes we see buildings in London that are completely empty, uh, no use, where... I mean, it could could have it on the purpose, I'd say. Um, So, yeah, do you have any opinion on this? Like... uh, it's just, a, it's just a, I have too many opinions. <laughs>
0: but I think, I think it's few things. I think, you know, also we cannot expect um, architects uh, to kind of take everything on their responsibility. I think I do think, you know, there is also uh, there are also fundamental issues with policy and, you know, re- mm-hmm. regulations, because if you suddenly, you know, specify, you know, what's the kind of I don't know, uh, maximum carbon footprint per square meter or like other ways of uh, kind of pushing people to kind of uh, uh, make their designs more sustainable, I think that would definitely help. I think the other thing is, which I think we are starting to do, but is still not there yet. It's just like, you know, really interrogating every single building. Do we really, you know, Need this, and if we need this, is there any other building which is maybe not used or you know could be improved um, uh, that, that 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 we can kind of uh, retrofit or occupy in some way and, and use it? It's too much about you know demolishing and re-erecting again. And I think you know with uh, uh, practices such as Lacaton and Vassal, who have been recognized um, uh, with the Pritzker Prize, we, we are or or kind of others. Uh, we are kind of going there and we are slowly recognizing that as a kind of, you know, same, if not more important um, kind of way of practicing. Uh, but I think, um, again, it should be done on all the levels. You know, the policy should be limiting. Architects should be uh, uh, pushed uh, uh, you know to really be uh innovative uh, and then kind of, again going back to education as well you we know you know that that's the that's the new uh, new cohort of uh, future architects we need to kind of inject uh kind of more boldly th- 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 those ideas knowledge and thinking um mm-hmm. um in that on that level as well So, yeah, it's a really complex question, really complex answer, but I think uh, the the issue is complex and I think it it cannot be addressed with just kind of simple solution.
1: No, absolutely. Uh, That reminds me that one of uh, conversations that we had with Mariana in terms of the metaverse, uh, it came to the topic that. In a couple of years, I mean, a couple of years, but it could be like in a 100 200 years, um, that we might not be called as an architects, the way that the architecture is involving, or perhaps the technology as well. Uh, what I've seen quite often now, especially on the LinkedIn, is uh, perhaps that are like creators or 3D artists, designers. They share a lot now about the AI illustrations or or or, or pictures of the architecture, and that makes you wonder, like, um, uh, it, it, perhaps it might be a nice tool to use uh for inspiration maybe but you can literally type uh in a set of words that what you want to see on the on the picture and an artificial intelligence let's say the computer will project what you need and what you want on, on a single image and then and, and there is no there is no that, that kind of um thinking the architects do in terms of analyzing the site, where is the sun position, um how's um how is the, the context of the user, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and then perhaps you um well build a design uh within those contexts. So um I, yeah I, I think some sometimes we go t- too far with technology where we try to invent or go far as we can and then there is those cons that we didn't um see or didn't expect and then there is another problem that we need to resolve but yeah so um how do you see in terms of the artificial intelligence in architecture that is or it might not be a good idea uh, in this industry
0: i think it all depends you know how it's used um Mm. and obviously i mean without any doubt our kind of scope as professionals will always shift and change so if you kind of go back to renaissance and think about you know uh how it was not just about uh, architecture but it was about master building you know and now we are maybe designing but not kind of like maybe necessarily always crafting and building ourselves etc so it's it's always kind of the, the, i guess the kind of edge of to, to which extent we, uh, we we work uh is it, always shifting i think. I think any kind of technology that can um, perhaps help us um, speed up the process or you you know achieve um, levels of details or um, uh, of any kind of like, let's say quality of output is is brilliant. I think what I always had reservations with artificial intelligence, but it might, might be just means That kind of not importance of not losing the kind of human uh, contact because ultimately we are not designing uh, buildings or it doesn't have to be buildings but whatever we are designing you know we are not designing it on white uh, blank canvas it's a you know like all of these uh, elements are embedded in like a very rich uh, context where uh, they sit in of, kind of neighborhoods of people of nature uh, etc so it's just if we can use artificial intelligence to still kind of kind of model and think um but in kind of collaboration with, with, with what's around, yes, absolutely. If if that alienates us uh, f- from the reality, then I'm maybe a little bit more concerned.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's That's completely fair. Um, it, it's just, um, I, I think we just have to wait and see what time it has to say or has to come. Um, and yeah, as you say, it's like, uh, it's just use the, the, trying to choose the tools in the right way. Uh, speed the process or speed the speed the, the the process of the accessibility design a, itself um but, but yeah so we are pretty much now in 40 45 minutes of um of podcast it's been great in terms of the topics we've been covering we we quite a lot um it, i think it was been quite cool, so quick <laughs> today um but yeah is anything that you'd like to speak about that we haven't touched um perhaps
0: no, I think I think we we, we covered it uh all oh, yeah, really enjoyed uh the conversation. Obviously could continue speaking another two hours, but I think we <laughs> will you, you bore your listeners.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I don't I don't think they'll be bored in terms of uh the architecture itself that we we, we cover uh in different areas, different topics um within and a broad of uh discussion that we had today. Uh, but it will be interesting uh, for LFA in terms of what we discussed today it's got, uh, for the next plant, etc. Uh, perhaps in next year, we'll do another episode and comparing what we have said today that will be done or, or pretty much what we'll be expecting. <laughs> and uh, and then, yeah, just to see a comparison and what's um, and the progression in terms of what you have done uh, in terms, as you said, Maybe next year you'll be uh, doing something else, but not LFA or not architecture. So looking forward for that. Uh, See what has to come, Um, but yeah. So again, Rosa, thank you very much for for being with us today. Uh, It's been a really pleasure to have a conversation with you. Um, And yeah, thank you. And
0: thank you so much. Maybe just a final thing to say, um, in the next few weeks, we'll be uh, launching our festival team for 2023. So watch this space Uh, and yeah, we invite everybody to uh, take part um, in the festival, whether uh, through organizing events or attending activity uh, in June. And there is also a year round program of design competitions predominantly for emerging architects and designers. So please do, yeah, have a look. it's very interesting.
1: (laughs) and what i'll do i'll do i'll put all all the links um on on the youtube description or instagram wherever it will be the um the advertising of the the video the podcast um so if people have a um a more direct um directions like links to to that and be more informed um uh, yeah Uh, rosa again thank you very much and i'll speak with you soon thank you thank you